Board Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious as John Morant this season, my brother. He is so good. I am so happy for him. I'm so glad that he's been able to have a bounce back, but I'm sad for myself because I didn't take him in fantasy, and I should have, Matt. I should have done it. Sorry, Kevin. That's my fault. I was talking about his season, you know, how he did progress in scoring but he kind of regressed in field goal percentage uh across the board free throws three points and two point percentage but man this year he's averaging his best three point percentage his best effective field goal true shooting percentage on 27 points seven and a half assists and five and a half rebounds the guy has been low-key an early mvp candidate my friend I mean, he's been in the conversation. Like, the fact that the media itself is bringing up that Jaw is kind of doing that is pretty awesome for a third-year player who's bouncing back. And, I mean, Matt, I'll say it every single time. I would still take Jaw first in that draft. I was huge on Jaw, and I always will be. It's looking like the right decision at this point, man. I saw that uh, New Orleans Pelicans versus the New York Knicks game where uh, RJ and Zion are talking to each other, and the announcer, like... Two seconds in, has to comment on Zion's weight. You know, walking around like a big boy, gonna have to lose some weight before he starts playing again. <laughs> I was like, "Geez, I mean, gonna hit him like that." The the comments of of Shaq and uh, Chuck, you know, like they've had a like how Zion's looking like they had a baby. Like, oh man, everyone's ripping into poor Zion, and I feel like I mentioned it a few weeks ago, Matt, like about how his foot injury really has limited him from being able to do his thing, and that's the main reason why he looks the way he does right now. Yes, but he probably should have kind of, you know, hired a, a proper dietitian to get in there yep. to make sure that while he wasn't burning the calories that he was trying to, that he was, you know, able to stay within a proper weight. Because at this point, man, he's looking large. Very I mean, there's large. a reason LeBron spends a million dollars on his body every year. And Zion looks like he made a rookie mistake that might affect him for a little while to come. Yeah, it's, it's probably going to affect him, my friend. But, I mean, we'll get into basketball a little bit later. Um, let's talk about the hot takes, man, because you had two hot takes just kind of come crashing down last week. Arizona, Ugh. we'll get into that game a little bit, but didn't get to 8-0. And the Bulls, only 2-2 two and two after ha- having such a hot start. You know, I was close, right? I, 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 I had like three weeks on the burner for that Arizona take, and I really thought the Cardinals could do it. And, oh, man, how they collapsed for me. But yeah, that Bulls team, they didn't get some good W's now. The Celtics win was amazing, and we have to talk about that later. But yeah, I fell flat this week, man. Ah, it's okay, man. I was hoping for an 0-4 week for my Montreal Canadiens because I'm looking at Shane Wright and thinking how good he would look on this team. They unfortunately went 2-2. Two two. At least they're down one nothing to the Islanders right now, right? <laughs> Matt, I'm constantly on the train waiting for that first pick the season is over in his mind what a time for montreal dude you can't make the playoffs after starting two and eight i just don't care what team you have um that's just a horrible start you're not making it no no but like you know there's a lot going on in the nfl matt where would you like to start my dude yeah, let's let's head over to the NFL. Um, I think I want to start with that Green Bay Arizona game. You know, it was an absolute banger of a Thursday night game. Um, I definitely had to tune in for that one. I don't tune into many Thursday night games because they they can be pretty pathetic. But that one, my friend, absolutely wild. I mean, tonight is what Jets and Colts. So Thursday night game, talking about it right there. 
Yeah, right? Jets, Colts, not a good game. But Green Bay really took it to Arizona for most of that game. Um, After DeAndre Hopkins went down with an injury, Arizona's offense kind of stalled, and they couldn't do much. Uh, Green Bay was running the ball all over them, really pushing the the uh, pace of play for themselves. You know, controlling it within what they wanted to do. Aaron Rodgers didn't even have like a, a fabulous game by his standards, but he was efficient and he got the ball where it needed to be. And still, Arizona almost won that game. It was so close. I mean, it was a comeback that my heart was hoping for, but they just, they couldn't do it at the end, Matt. I was so sad. It's crazy to me that they were able to stop them on four straight goal line possessions uh, to get the ball back and then have Kyler Murray march down the field 99 yards, basically, and then have 14 seconds left on the clock. And all they got to do is get a touchdown for the win. Um, If not, kick a field goal with like no time left to send it to overtime. And they go target A.J. Green, who used to be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And he doesn't even turn around. It's like he didn't know what play they were calling. And it was an easy interception for the the Green Bay cornerback, man. It was bad. I felt bad for Kyler. Well, yeah. Watching those highlights, I was sad because it looks like he just like, like Kyler was there and he, he had the play ready. And unfortunately, it just like didn't connect. And yeah. Big, big L. Unfortunate. My heart still hurts, and it's been for a while now. Absolutely. And Kyler even hurt himself on that last little, uh, on the second last play of the game. He was running for some extra yardage, um, kind of got his ankle rolled up on. So I hope he's okay. This happened to them last year. You know, they looked like one of the best teams in the NFL. They were in my top 10 for as long as I can remember. And then yep. Kyler got hurt, and they kind of fell apart. So hopefully that doesn't happen again this year. Yeah, we don't want any repeats. You know, this is a different NFL season. Come on. Actually, right? Speaking about different, man, it might be the same old thing for New England, though. Looking like a 2001 repeat of Tom Brady leading them to a Super Bowl. You got a young game manager in Mac Jones, and he outdueled Justin Herbert. I mean, I wouldn't say outdueled him, but... They got the dub, man, 27-24. Bill Belichick, he doesn't lose to young quarterbacks at all. He knows how to win those games. And, and we were talking a couple of weeks ago, right, about like for Mac Jones and his career for a young QB to win these close games. So this is an important one right there. Absolutely. They've been in some really tight games this year, which they haven't been able to pull out. And a lot of people were saying, you know, if that was a Tom Brady led team, they would pull out those close victories. Well, you know, Mac's still very young. He's only eight games into his career and they got this one. So maybe that'll, you know, put a little feather in his cap and maybe he's going to be the, the next goat. Who knows? Doubt it. Wouldn't that be great for Belichick? I'm sure he would love to continue his career with another goat. Actually, man, if they win some playoff games this year and Tampa Bay, who's in a very tough division at the in the NFC, um, loses in the first round or second round, people could be talking about the opposite as they were last year. I'm, I mean, Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl. Everyone's like, oh, Brady over Belichick, Brady over Belichick. Yeah. But I mean, I'm old enough to remember when they beat the Rams like 13 to three in the Super Bowl, and everyone was saying Belichick over Brady. So it swings from year to year, but you know that's sports and sports analysis, right? It's always about what's going on right now. What can you do for me today, tomorrow, and the weeks ahead, not years ago? So you got it on the money there. 
Exactly. And then you've got like a team like the Philadelphia Eagles who are three and five right now. Some weeks they look great. Some weeks they look pathetic. Last week, I thought they were going to be in a pretty tight game against Detroit, who even though they're 0-8 or they were 0-7 going into the game, they played some tight, tight games, tight games against Baltimore, tight games against Minnesota. Like they lost on, I think, three last minute 50 yard plus field goals, which is like the first time in NFL history that that's ever happened. But they just well, got smashed, forty-four to six, forty-four to six. Like what? You guys didn't even show up. Like, jeez. Sometimes you know you have the worst record in the league, and you you come up against the team, and it starts a little bit, and you're like, you know what? We'll just keep this losing record. Not a big deal. But like. It was just a snowball effect, man. Um, they just got pummeled, and in, in the fourth quarter, third, second half, it just kind of looked like they gave up. Um, kind of sad for that Detroit team. Um, and Dan Campbell, who's a first-year head coach, trying to trying to be a great motivator, didn't didn't get them motivated for this one. <laughs> Obviously not, Matt. But right, it's an interesting year. There's so many teams kind of in the middle. I can't believe the Chiefs are only four and four, and you know we've got the. Bills at five and two, the Bucks at six and two. There's a lot going on. There's so much going on and so many middling teams. I don't know what to do week to week. I mean, we could talk about that great Tennessee indie game uh, where Carson Wentz, like it's their season on the line. He throws a, a left-handed interception from the end zone to hand Tennessee the game, but then marches down the field to get them into overtime only to, to give up another interception. Yeah. He tripled his uh, interception total in that one game. He had one all season up until that point. He had three in that game. Poor guy. Wow. It's it's crazy how that can happen, right? When you're just like on the line and those little moments just absolutely fall apart for you. Yeah, I feel bad for the guy because um, he's taking it in the media. And after last season, he's really taking it. But, you know, they could bounce back with Tennessee losing Derrick Henry in that game. The division is kind of a little bit more open at this point. Um, they did get swept by Tennessee, so that's going to be hard to come back from. Uh, but they might yeah. be able to push for a wild card. Who knows? I mean, that's the thing, right? With uh, with so many teams being unsure of what their future can hold with injuries and that, like that wild card spot is going to be a battle all season long. Considering Pittsburgh's in the last spot in the AFC and Carolina's in the last spot in the NFC, um, I bet <laughs> you nobody would have predicted that. No, it's definitely been a roller coaster of a season that nobody was prepared for. Exactly. Nobody else was prepared for Cooper Rush to start his first game in like almost over a year. And he beat Kirk Cousins, proving why Kirk Cousins should not be a starting quarterback of a team who hopes to win the Super Bowl. Because he just shrinks in big games. Every big game that I watch him in, like he's been playing great this season. Absolutely fantastic. But in a big game, all the bright lights, national television, 23 of 35 for 184 yards and a touchdown. And you lose to Cooper Rush? I get Dallas has a good team, but it's Cooper Rush, not Dak Prescott. What the heck, my friend? It's an unfortunate situation, but, I mean, America's team is very hot right now, Matt. Absolutely are they hot. Oh, man. And you know who else, which I thought was going to be a hot team, Cincinnati? But they got beat 
by the Jets. Not only did they lose to the Jets, but they lost to the Mike White-led Jets. Granted, he's the first quarterback in NFL history to to start a game uh, with 405 yards or 400-plus yards passing. But still, Mike White? Really? The fact that the Jets are 2-5 and five and the Jags are 1-6 and six after what the end of last season was, like it's kind of hilarious. The fact that they're two and five and the two wins come against Tennessee and Cincinnati, like two of the better teams, I would say top 10 teams potentially in the NFL, like just absolutely wild, my friend. You can't have any expectations with this season, Matt. Absolutely no expectations. And I think it's also, you know, a letdown game after they beat Baltimore so handedly. They just thought they'd walk all over the Jets and the Jets came to play. You know, happens sometimes. That's it. That's it. You can't fall asleep regardless of what a team's record looks like because you're going to take L's and every ma- every game matters at this point in the season. Dude, everyone's a professional athlete at that level. They all get paid to play the game. So you better show up. They're there for a reason, right? Amen, brother. Amen. All right, man. I think it's time for the top 10, though. Um, it kind of shook up a little bit this week. Um, had to to drop out Cincinnati, even though, you know, I really like them as a team, but they lost to the Jets. Um, they just kind of on the outside looking in for me at this point. Um, had to bump up New Orleans to number 10, though. Uh Good win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They did lose Jameis Winston, but Trevor Simeon, their third-string quarterback, was able to beat Brady. That's just a testament to how good that roster is. Yeah, anytime you get a win over the GOAT, that's a W. Yeah, absolutely. And then we had two teams on their bye. The Raiders coming in at number nine, Baltimore coming in at number eight. Um, I like both of those teams, what they're doing right now. The Raiders kind of get elevated because the Chargers lost and Cincy lost. So Baltimore or the Raiders, you can sneak up into my top 10. I think it's the second time you've been in this year. I'm excited for that team to be here. I mean, it's always fun when things change up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a team that's been kind of, that worked its way back into the top ten after a horrible week one showing and losing to the the Jets themselves. Tennessee man, uh, 34-31 win over a division rival in Indy. They did lose Derrick Henry, so I don't know how long they're going to be able to stick in my top ten at this point. But hey, a good win is a good win. Exactly. Regardless of whether they fall, they're here right now. And remember, it's about what you do right now. Yeah, it's up until this point and what I've seen. So, Tennessee, you deserve to be in it. The Rams absolutely dominating Houston until like the last couple minutes of the game where they let them come back. The Rams are going to stick at number six. Um, I really like them. I think they're a Super Bowl contender for sure. Uh, Tampa Bay is going to drop to number five because of that loss. I don't love the fact that they lost to New Orleans, but New Orleans does seem to be Tom Brady's kryptonite so far in the NFC. Um, he's 1-3 against them since coming to Tampa Bay, which is pretty wild, though the one win is in the playoffs when it matters the most. Exactly. That's that's what matters. But it's always about matchups, right? You never know when this team or that team or this player just it has your number sometimes. Yeah, and in the NFL, there are so many different units that matchups are such a big key. Absolutely. Um, Cowboys coming in at number four. Uh, big win over Minnesota, 20-16 uh, to 16 with Cooper Rush. Don't need to 
to hash that over again. Uh, Green Bay pumping up to number three with that win over Arizona. I think Green Bay probably played its best possible game, whereas Arizona played one of its worst. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. losing DeAndre Hopkins, not having JJ Watt, um, and they still came within that last second play of of winning the game. So they could have won that easily and gotten to eight zero. So I'm not going to penalize them too much. Um, but I got Buffalo coming in at number two. They couldn't do hey. anything for for three two and a half quarters against Miami, but you know they they turned it on at the end, and, and that's what good teams do. They figure it out. Um, they were stalled, but they put it into high gear. They beat them twenty six eleven. They covered the spread, uh, so all betters are nice and happy about that. Um, and Buffalo man, Josh Allen and the boys. What are you gonna do? I mean, I'm slowly preparing myself, Matt, to have to go through a table at the end of this football season. So we will see what happens. Please video it for me. Please. I will pay to see that. 100. I already told Austin. He provides the jerseys. I'll provide the table. I'll set up the camera. It's going to be amazing. But the Bills have to keep winning for it to happen. Oh, I'd love to see it. But coming in at number one, my friend, I still think they're a Super Bowl favorite. Uh, Arizona. Cardinals, man, they played a bad game against Green Bay, and they still, still almost won. If AJ Green had just turned around, I can't believe he didn't know what play they called. Just brutal, um, Matt. It's the curse, dude. It's the curse. I blame myself. You know, I set this up weeks in advance for them to fumble at the last second and make me look like a fool, and it happened. Uh, my friend, it's okay. But that that's it for the top ten. Um, I think I like it right now. Uh, you know, those top six, seven teams are really sticking in right now. Um, it's filled with NFC teams, which is kind of a shock to me. I thought the AFC was going to be a better conference this year, but hey, what do I know? <laughs> I mean, hey, the thing is, is we've still got a bunch of weeks left, and the AFC they could get trucking and figure it out. You know, there's some teams over there that have had some interesting seasons, to say the least. So time will tell. Exactly. And technically, at week eight, we're not even at at the halfway point. We still got nine weeks left. So there's still plenty of football to be played, still plenty of upsets to happen. You know, who knows? Maybe the Jets go on a huge run and they they get to above 500. Doubt it. Stop it. Stop it, Matt. Okay, they have they have their two wins, right? They can only get at least one more, right? That's like their their freebies for the season. That's how it works. Bro, Mike White is going to be a future Hall of Fame QB. You wait and see. You wait and see. <laughs> well, you heard it here first, everybody. All right. Well, we got some pretty good games coming up next week. Um, I like the Minnesota-Baltimore game. Baltimore coming off a bye. Minnesota really needing a win to stay in the hunt for the playoffs. Um Kirk Cousins back in a one o'clock game slot, so he'll probably play well. <laughs> um, Cleveland's gonna go into Cincinnati. Cincinnati coming off that bad, bad loss. So is Cleveland against Pittsburgh. You know, nobody really predicted that one. Uh, Baker Mayfield didn't have a great game, so he's gonna be looking for a bounce back. Hopefully, he can. They've taken Odell Beckham Jr. out of that locker room because of all the the mischievous yep. things that he's doing. So, Man, I can't believe his dad made a freaking Twitter video compilation thing. Like, what is going on? Well, he was just trying to show how often Odell is open. Um, which yeah. is, it was kind of like a, like, oh, this is how good my son is. But it was really like, this is how bad Baker is. <laughs> Baker's just yeah. missing him, apparently. Um, 
not great. Not great publicity for the team, for the quarterback, uh, for that relationship. So I'll be interested to see if Cleveland can get the win this week. Um, Arizona, San Francisco, Kyler Murray's hurt. Um, the 49ers are needing to, a win to stay alive in this playoff race. I'm really excited to see that because I think San Francisco has a pretty good roster. They're a pretty good team. Um, I'd say they're they're one of the, the top half of the league teams. Um, always kind of on the outside of my top 10 right now looking in. Um, but if they can stay healthy, you know, Super Bowl, not out of the question for them. I mean, that would be exciting for sure if they could make that happen. Like, considering yeah considering what they've been through um yeah it would be awesome for them but uh a game that i'm really excited about uh the green bay packers versus the kansas city chiefs uh jordan love led green bay packers because the vaccinated unvaccinated aaron Rodgers, (laughs) um he has to sit out two weeks because of pro uh protocols um why are you lying to the media man if you're not vaccinated just Say that you're not vaccinated. Don't say that you got some type of treatment that should count as a vaccine. So, like, you either got a vaccine <laughs> or you didn't. It's it's, it's kind of crazy that we've had, like, multiple incidents in, like, the professional sports world now of people, like, fake pass- passports, you know, saying yes, even though no, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know, I appreciate at least that the NBA has been pretty straightforward in terms of, like, well, in certain places, you either get it or you don't play. It's simple as that. Exactly. Oh, man, so weird. And then I think this is probably going to be the best game of the weekend. Two teams in my top 10, the Rams versus the Tennessee Titans. Um, L.A. Uh, is looking for a big win. Tennessee is looking to keep it going. Um, it's I'm excited to see how that plays out for sure. I'm a little less excited because Derrick Henry is going to be hurt. So let's see if Ryan Tannehill can carry that team. But, hey, he might. It's going to be a clash of, of two almost top-of-the-table teams going at each other. Unfortunately, injuries will make it limited, but hey, still a good game to watch. Exactly. Uh, but I think that's it for the NFL, my friend. Um, did you want to talk about that big trade that happened in the NHL this week? I mean, Today. I feel like I wouldn't do I feel like I wouldn't do Austin service if I didn't at least bring it up. But like, oh, I don't know, Buffalo. Like, there are apparently some better options from my hometown. Well, not my hometown, but my current living town, Calgary. Like, is this a W? Did they lose in the end? Like, I guess time will tell, but I guess it's over at least. If the rumors are true that Calgary was offering uh, Matthew Kachuk, a former first-round pick, a first and a second for just Jack Eichel, yeah, they definitely did worse. Because, one, I like Peyton Krebs, but he is 13 games into his NHL career and has one assist. So Hmm. he's still young. He's still 20 years old, could develop. He could have a fabulous career in front of him. But you're betting on a prospect that you just don't know about. Alex sure. Tuck is a is a really good player. I really like Alex Tuck. Uh, Montreal actually has his younger brother Luke Tuck in their uh, prospect hmm. pool. Um, he's a big, big power forward, which is hard to get in the NHL these days. And he scored like thirty three points in fifty three games last year. But he is what he is at this point at twenty five, and he's nowhere near the player that Eichel is. And then you get a second round pick in twenty twenty three, which you essentially flipped for your third round pick in twenty twenty three. And then your tw- your first round pick, the the crown kind of jewel of the whole, you know, trade asset, is top ten protected. Like you can't even get a top ten player with that pick. What? For yeah, Jack it's ca- 
it's kind of crazy. My, my favorite part about the fact that Vegas got him is I feel like months ago, you and I had a chat about where Eichel should go. And you specifically said Vegas would be great because they really need that number one center. And I just, I found it so interesting that like, it's all come full circle now. Dude, Vegas gets everyone. They got Alex yeah. Trangelo, they got Mark Stone, they got Max Pacioretty, and now they got Eichel. All four of those guys are captain caliber players. I mean, Petrangelo captained the St. Louis Blues to a Stanley Cup. Pacioretty was a captain in Montreal. Eichel was a captain in Buffalo. And Mark Stone is the current captain of the Vegas Golden Knights and former captain of Ottawa Senators. Like, they have a stacked up roster at the top now. Um, The cap crunch is going to be tight on them because they have like $78 million committed to 11 players for next year. Yeah, so some guys are going to need to go. They're going to need to figure it out. But hey, at least Vegas is staying relevant. Like, it's pretty awesome for a new franchise to be, have been, you know, this exciting, this, you know, wanting to pay attention to in, nah. in such a short amount of time. Nah, dude, they have to pay their dues like everybody else. I mean, <laughs> think about think about what you're saying when, like, the Toronto Maple Leafs, yes, they have the biggest fan base in the NHL, but have been waiting, like, what, 60 years now? Yeah, for a Stanley okay. Cup, 60 years. Like, <laughs> like, these poor guys, they haven't even been to the Stanley Cup final since that happened. They haven't even, they've been to one conference final since that happened. Like, Vegas right, goes uh, to you, a conference finals every year. <laughs> you got me there, but Matt, it's a cutthroat world, right? You gotta do what you gotta do, and if Vegas is willing to put the money out, get the right players, make it all work, and have success for it, I can't blame them i can't be upset at them for it oh man they're just lucky what what bothers me about the nhl is that they allow this the state tax rules and the provincial tax rules to have effects on where players want to go play like in vegas i don't believe there's a state tax so yeah. when you're earning so why wouldn't you want to go play there if you're making 10 million dollars a year why would i want to play mm-hmm. in in toronto where i have to give up 50 percent of my yep. income when i go to to Vegas and I make 100% of my income. Like it's, it's just unfair in the league. Um, I think they need to, to kind of figure that out. But I mean, Gary Bettman, he wants everything in the NHL to go down South. Like look at the Florida teams, look at the Carolina, like the California teams. Like to me, it's, it's a little, a little annoying, but Hey, he might be out at this point because of the debacle that he is as a human being. He is a debacle as a person. Just, yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely know that for a fact. Jeez. Oh, and apparently the the NHL GMs are not too happy with him, so they might not come out. Uh, that'd be absolutely amazing for me because I am not a Gary Bettman fan. <laughs> no, not at all. But Matt, I know that there's nothing else in the NHL you want to talk about because you know everyone's doing good. All the teams are doing great. There's no sadness across the board. Oh, there is sadness across the board. The NHL is. I just feel bad about the NHL right now. I feel like the culture really needs to change, and I just don't want to talk about it that extensively. So let's go into the NBA, my friend. I mean, I completely respect that. So, yeah, let's talk basketball. Uh, First thing I'm going to bring up is LeBron's injured. He's out for at least a week with an abdominal strain. Now the Lakers are apparently figuring it out, so that's going to be okay. But rough that, you know, what, age 37-year-old LeBron has another serious potential injury that could affect him? 
Well, this is exactly why they went out and they got Russell Westbrook, right? Like, Mm -hmm. they knew that LeBron was old. He's passed 60,000 minutes in the NBA. Like, wow. That is unreal. He's been playing since he was 18. Like, he's. He's just an absolute physical specimen. Um, he's amazing. He's going to break down eventually. It's going to happen. I mean, Tom Brady has the luxury of sitting back there and, and throwing yeah. a, a ball. Like, if he doesn't get hit, he doesn't get hit. LeBron has to be he, physical every night, no matter what. No. That's and I mean, game. LeBron gets to, like, sit and take some plays off, but, like, Brady takes, like, half the game off. If they exactly. only have half possession, right? And it's a completely different world. And but yeah, it's I have hope for this Lakers team. I'm glad that they've been figuring it out. I'm pretty sure they got a couple of easy games up on their schedule. They're playing the 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 Thunder tonight, so that that should be okay, right? <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> hey man, didn't they already lose to the Thunder? Oh uh, yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure they did. Sad. Oh my god, oh, but they'll be geez. fine. Oh, we'll talk about the teams later in a little bit, man. Want to move on? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Okay, I got to bring up one sad piece. Well, I guess not sad piece because we were already talking about things, but there's a massive investigation going on right now into Phoenix Suns franchise owner Robert Sarver. Uh, I'm going to be quick about this because the guy is awful. Uh, basically, multiple incidents of racism, misogyny, toxic work environment. It's basically Donald Sterling 2.0, and oof, Phoenix fans, I feel bad for them. Yeah, absolutely. I feel bad for them after having that season last year um, and James Jones wanting to give uh, DeAndre Ayton a max contract, but probably was told not to. And uh, this guy, from what I've heard and read, uh, even before today, was that he was a a cheap old man, that he was kind of a bad person. Um, And now it's coming to light. And at the end of the day, if we can weed out those bad people from the world and, you know, take them down a peg, we should because... I don't care how famous you are. I don't care how much money you can bring in or, or revenue you can drive or fan interest. If you're doing horrible things, you you don't deserve to be out in the world. You deserve to be in jail. So if he's a bad guy, kick him out of the league. Let's go. And like the other thing too is like you can be a bad guy and still go under the radar. And I'm not saying that that's good because that's even worse. But like we live in an extremely modern age where every single thing you do is probably recorded and it's going to be found out. So like people get smarter. Don't be like this, but also be like this so you can get kicked out so we can have better people, you know? Yeah, so we can have better owners. I'd love to see a better owner in uh in uh Phoenix and I'm sure the Phoenix fans would too. Honestly, considering the season they're having right now, it's kind of like up and down. I mean, CP3 is now third all-time in assists. And Matt, I don't know if you saw, but um, they had Steve Nash. They were asking him a question after game, and somebody was like, oh, how do you feel about CP3 passing you? And he's just like, oh, man, dang it. He was so upset. It's <laughs> like hilarious to see. Yo, man, Steve Nash, that's what he's got for his acclaim, right? Those in the two MVPs, that, that's what makes oh, yeah. him an all-time Hall of Famer. <laughs> the the funniest part of that, though, Matt, was somebody asked him, um, what was it like for you? Like, how did you, you know, get to that many assists? And his initial response is like, well, I played for a lot of years, so that, that really helps. And I was like, oh, man, that's too good. <laughs> Very fair. He did. He had a great long, long career, which I loved. <laughs> For sure. All right, Matt. So I'm going to I'm gonna leave the table open to you. Where else in the NBA world do you want to talk about? Because there's so much going on, and there's a lot of good, a lot of bad, and just fun basketball all around. 
Dude, I think I want to start out west with uh, a pretty obvious team and then a not so obvious team. Um, I mean, we all knew the Utah Jazz were going to be good. Uh, we both expect their their playoff ceiling to be uh, a little bit lower than uh, potentially could be. But mm-hmm. man, they're six and one. They've got good wins over Milwaukee and the Nuggets. Uh, their only loss came against Chicago, who's you know. We're going to talk about them in a bit. They've got a, they've had a fabulous start to their season, but the the surprising team out there for me at the top of the table, um, especially because Clay isn't back yet, is Golden State, my friend. Uh, they're just rolling along. They haven't really played anybody that tough yet, and they do have a loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. But hey, man, six and one is six and one, and Steph Curry looking like an MVP right now. I'm pretty sure in that loss, John Moran absolutely destroyed them. So that that can be, you know, you can be forgiven for that. But yeah, the Jazz, it's crazy that they've been doing so well considering that Mitchell hasn't been on his game to start the season. But the Warriors are definitely the shining star of the Western Conference right now. They're 6-1. and one. Steph Curry looks like the MVP that he's always been. And yeah, Clay Thompson sitting on my injury reserve in fantasy waiting for him because this guy, if he comes back at like, 70% Clay Thompson form for them to just have another spot up shooter if that's all he is like Golden State is terrifying right now. Yeah, absolutely terrifying. Um I would not bet against them winning the Western Conference this year and getting out into the into the finals. Um people early predicted it last year. Um Clay's injury obviously was a setback, but this year man uh, I think we might have ranked them a little bit too low in our early season rankings. I mean, I, I think I had them top four. Uh, let me just take a quick little peek at my own. Oh, Golden State fifth. So, okay, yeah. I had the Mavs ahead of them, so maybe I'm wrong there. Oh, Kevin. Kevin, did you not learn from last year? No, I didn't learn, and I'm already being shown with this Mavericks team. I was really hoping that maybe in year two, two of Christos Przingis with this team? Or is it year three now? Jeez. Oh, I don't know. But I was really hoping that, you know, maybe we'd get it. I really liked, obviously, Luca's amazing and, you know, the Tim Hardaway trade now, because it's the Tim Hardaway trade. It's not the Przingis trade. It will always be the Tim Hardaway trade. Like, he's been fantastic, but the Mavs, they're just, there's something fundamentally not right about them, and it's scary when I get to watch their games and think they're going to win, but just it just doesn't happen sometimes. Dude, besides their one win over us, the Raps, yeah. um, which in the NBA universe isn't necessarily like a big win, they have losses to the Hawks, the Nuggets, the Heat. They've lost to every good team they played. You're right, they don't look great. Um, I'm getting nervous about them at number six in my preseason rankings, but I mean, not as nervous as I am about New Orleans. <laughs> I just look so bad on that one. Um, I had Golden wow. State at four, so... I'm looking pretty bad on the Lakers right now. I wish the Lakers uh, could pull it together because, yeah, they're starting to figure it out. But they look so bad defensively. Like they, they just look so bad. It's it's putrid, my friend. They almost have like the reverse problem that the Raptors have sometimes, right? Because like when our offense disappears, it is scary, right? But for this Lakers team, it just looks like teams are running around them and you know we mentioned the okc victory against them right like i'm pretty sure in the interviews after the kids of okc because remember these are young kids they were talking about how fun it was to play the lakers and i'm sorry if you are lebron james and the lakers if you're supposed to be this dominant force at the top of the league oklahoma city shouldn't enjoy playing basketball against you 
Oh, absolutely not. But they did because they can outrun them, man. And they can run for mm-hmm. days. They're they're just not going to get tired like the Lakers get tired at the end of games. And that's not going to bode well for them at the end of the season. It's going to be a long, grueling season for these old bodies. And then when you get into the, the playoffs, it's going to be even harder. It's going to be even longer. The games are going to drag out a little bit more. You're going to shorten your bench. So it's, it's going to be tough for them to win. Um, I think I'm going to kind of back off of them as a championship kind of winning team, but not completely because, you know, LeBron and AD, really hard to bet against. Well, that's that's the thing, right? I think what we've started to realize now is that it is extremely important that they're healthy, right? Like we've always said over the past few years that LeBron needs to be healthy and his co-stars need to be healthy for a good run. But now that 100% needs to happen because there's only so much that can happen that LeBron can do, that AD can do, that Westbrook can do if they don't have their supporting cast around them. So it's going to be an interesting season for the Lakers. I still, you know, injuries pending, like I still expect to see them in the playoffs. I still expect to see some interesting basketball, but man, the LA teams are in a weird spot right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, no team has played more than nine games, I think, so far as the max. Uh, Most teams are hovering around seven games anyways. So Mm -hmm. still tons of basketball to be played um you good in the western conference anything else you want to touch on out there the only thing that i gotta mention is that um nicole Jokic is still a god and is still should be in the mvp conversation because that team is four and four and they have been good not great but otherwise yeah i'm i'm pretty happy with the west like you know we could mention that the portland trailblazers aren't doing great we could mention that the kings are doing okay but again six seven games in the season let's get to 25 games or 20 games before we start to make some real decisions you know dude i just i want to go back to your Jokic point um the mvp from last season has taken it up a level i mean his like almost 37 per he's averaging 25 uh six assists 13 and a half rebounds on a field goal percentage of almost 60 percent 40 percent from three like true shooting percentage of almost 70% man is a an absolute legend um Nikola Jokic the second round pick just showing people that you should have bet on the big serb you know honestly man he's the best big in terms of all around game that I've gotten to watch in basketball so far so I have a lot of faith in this team I'm pumped for this Nuggets team even though they're four and four they're still gonna do well but Matt Shall we move to the East? Let's talk about some of these teams because the East is looking like the West right now in terms of, you know, there's so many quality. teams that are showing up. Yeah, absolute quality. I think this is the first year that I can remember where the East is really, really showing out at the top of the league. Um, like you've got teams like Atlanta and Milwaukee who were in the what Eastern Conference Finals last year on the outside of the playoffs looking in. Charlotte, who has a superstar in LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges on the outside yep. looking in. Um, we could talk about so many different teams in, in this uh, in this Eastern Conference, but I think we should start with the Heat, man. You called it. You knew yep. that they were going to be super good. I had some doubt, but they've looked absolutely phenomenal. And Jimmy Butler, could he be a silent MVP candidate? silent for sure but matt i have to talk about the big booty himself because when the season started miami fans 
and NBA fans were ripping apart Kyle Lowry. Oh, he's only putting up six points a game. Oh, only like seven assists, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, guys, you need to calm down and relax. Because so many people are box score watching players. They don't care about actually paying attention to what goes on. And Kyle Lowry has absolutely raised the ceiling and the floor of every single player on that roster. They are one of the scariest defensive teams right now. And you're right, Jimmy Butler is loving playing with one of his best friends in Kyle Lowry. So the Miami Heat are here. They ain't going anywhere. They're legit. I wouldn't be surprised if they stay in the top one, two, three for the rest of the season in the East. Absolutely. And I think that you nailed it right there. I mean, Kyle Lowry's counting stats aren't going to jump out of the page at you. But the defensive intensity that he brings, the floor general mentality that he has, I, I guess nobody learned anything from the CP3 stuff. I'm, I was, we were calling it. I was saying that he could be a CP3-like player for that team, and he absolutely has. Tyler Hero has come out of the gate firing, but he also oh, has yeah. a point guard in Kyle Lowry who sets him up, who gets him in the right spots, who puts the ball where he needs it to be, and Kyle can just run that offense without having to worry about scoring, which is kind of like where... At the top of his game with the Raptors, that's where we fell off because we relied on him too much to score, whereas the Heat don't, which is scary. It's an absolute scary thought. And also, the other night against the Mavericks, Kyle put up 22 points, 5 rebounds, 9 assists on 7 for 10 from the field, 6 of 9 from 3. Kyle yeah. knows what his role is, and he is going to be a stud. I love this Miami team. I want to watch more Miami Heat games because they play beautiful basketball. And at the end of the day, that's all I really want to watch, at the end, like, honestly. Too bad they're a villain for me, man. I, it's I hard for me to cheer for them, but yeah, I, I got to gotta love Kyle Lowry. So I love what he's doing out there. We expected him to be a great addition when people were saying that they'd rather have John Wall over Kyle Lowry, I laughed and I will continue to laugh because, yes, John Wall might be more athletic. Yes, John Wall might put up more points, but he's not going to run a basketball team the way Kyle Lowry does. We watched it for, you know, what, 10 yeah. plus years? The guy is the groat for a reason. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the two teams above the Raptors real quick in the 76ers and the Bulls. Or with the 76ers doing surprisingly well considering that Ben Simmons he goes to shoot around and then just like leaves the game like there's this crazy situation happening in Philadelphia but apparently they don't care and they're still winning absolutely they don't care uh Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris are good enough to to keep that team afloat um Tyrese Maxey has taken uh, the uptick in his role very well. Uh, Seth Curry, still one of the best three-point shooters of all time. They've got good. He wins stepped against, up this season. Yeah, and they've got good wins against the Nets and the Knicks. Or I mean, uh, they've got good wins against the Bulls and the Hawks. They've lost to the Nets and the Knicks, who are two of the better teams in that Eastern Conference. Um, I think they're a fine team, man. They they beat the Bulls last night pretty handedly until they fell apart. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. But this Bulls team, Matt. Like, I'm, I'm, I wanted to keep talking about them, and I feel like I'm going to keep talking about them. Lonzo Ball had a bad game last night, but it doesn't matter when DeMar can be having one of the greatest seasons he's had, apparently. And, you know, Vucevic doesn't need to shoot, even though they got him as a pure shooter. Like, it, it's kind of crazy the way this Bulls team has come together and how they're still good defensively, even though they're kind of suffocating offensively. It's wild, but what happens is because you have 
two amazing slashers in Levine and DeRozan. And because mm-hmm. Wooch can roll out and stretch the floor like he does, and Levine yep. can hit the three and Ball can hit the three, and they're just they leave so much room for DeMar to do his thing in the mid-range, and he's just dicing teams up in the mid-range. That win that they had against us, yes, it was a very tight win, but DeMar was killing us. He killed us. And he's been absolutely fabulous this season. Um, You know, he's kind of got like a Jimmy Butler-esque role for this Bulls team that that Jimmy has with the Heat. Yeah, very, very, very... Very good point by you. I'm loving what I'm seeing from DeMar. He's definitely going to be an all-star again this year. 100%. It like kind of hurts me, though, that this is probably the best team that he's played with overall, you know, after all the years that we watched. Now, you know, it depends on this, that, or the other thing and where the whole season goes, but he's loving the opportunity that not having to be the stud is providing with the Bulls, right? Yeah. He's always had to be the scoring man, but when you're coming onto a team where you have Zach Levine, who, let's be honest, he's had some of the best scoring seasons and scoring months in Chicago Bulls history next to Michael Jordan, uh, which is a pretty heady company, you don't need to do it. And he's still doing it as that secondary option and and just crushing it. Um, Chicago, man, very, very scary team. Two teams that I was not too sure about to start the season. Uh, Wasn't super high on Chicago or um, the Heat. Uh, I'm pretty sure I had them at at three and five. They looking like they could come one, two in this year. Man, it's a wild East. But yeah, let's look at the bottom of the table before we get to the wraps because like the Cavaliers, for example, are really showing up with their tall ball situation. Evan Mobley is looking like he's going to fight Scotty Barnes for Rookie of the Year. And, you know, I love that we have this this parity across the East with so many interesting teams that can kind of sit anywhere they want. Dude, absolute parity. And I'm just going to touch on the rookies just, just for a quick second. Um, Franz Wagner, absolute yeah. shock. He's been playing out of his mind. Evan Mobley, he's one of the better defensive players in the league already. Um, I love what I'm seeing from Josh Giddy. He's not afraid to play in this league to push the ball and to take shots. Um, he plays within himself very, very well, which I, I'm loving to see from him. Chris Duarte yeah. out in, in Indiana looking like a steal in the draft. Um, then you've got... Um, Jalen Suggs, who's playing really well. And, I mean, the guy is probably the best rookie right now in the NBA. Scotty, the baby groat Barnes, is... I, I, I couldn't be happier with him, man. I think we lucked into him. You and I both last year were, were praying for Cade Cunningham, who hasn't had a great start to his season. And we got Scotty Barnes, who's looking like he could be a future... Hall of Famer. Just that. That I mean, little kind of player. You got it on the money. Matt, there's nothing else in the East that I need to mention. Pistons kind of suck, but Cade, 0-14 from 3 to start this season so far. But yeah, let's talk about the Raptors. Let's talk about how Barnes had back-to-back 21-point games. Like, OG is going off. Like, there's so many fantastic things. And we're on a 5-game win streak, match. Dude, did we have a 5-game win streak last year? I don't think so. <laughs> I honestly don't. Our team, I'm telling you, man, I told you last week, this is one of my favorite rosters to watch. It's an absolute 
amazing roster with uh, the way that they can transition guys in and out of the lineup, in and out of the the, the players on the court. Um, I can't believe Delano Banton's been this good this quickly. He surpassed <laughs> Flynn and Goron. Goron's not even getting minutes at this point. It's crazy to think that we're 6-3 and three when we basically traded Kyle Lowry for Goron, who doesn't play, and Precious, who can't make a freaking layup. Like, jeez, man. He was 1-7 of seven to start the game last um, against the, who did we just beat? Um, yeah, the Wizards? Yeah, we just beat the Wizards. Yeah, yeah, he was 1-7 to start that game. And we still won. We still beat him. Matt, I had to drop Precious off my fantasy team and pick up Ken Birch because he has been everything that the Raptors have needed out of a center recently. I got big poppy Spain, like Gasol vibes in some of the plays that he makes where, you know, pick and roll action runs into the key. You know, gets gets the ball handed to him, pressure, throws it out, instant three-point shot. Like, it has been a revelation to have good center play because Precious has been up and down, right? He's either really on or he's really off. And Cam has kind of been that, like, balance in the middle. And as long as Nurse is playing the right matchups, we've been playing incredibly well. Could you imagine if Cam was, like, actually the size of Big Papa Gasol, like, 7'2"? Oh, man. Like, add the extra three inches because he is a monster on the glass. I love him defensively. I love what I've been seeing out of him. He's definitely played himself ahead of Precious in my eyes. Um, But wow, man. The fact that we're doing this without Pascal Siakam, the fact that we won the last two games without Scotty Barnes, who arguably through the first seven games of the season was our best player. um, Best overall player, yeah. Yeah, and I think what happened with OG stepping out in the last two games uh, with that 36 ball in New York yep. and with the with the 22 points against the Wizards, I think it goes back to my comment that, you know, Scotty's not out there, not taking the shine away from OG. Mm. And OG's like, this is my time. I can take the shots. I can do it. And he does, man. He was, he didn't start well against the Wizards, but he finished well. I'm a huge OG fan. I'm a huge Scotty fan. And I love this roster. I'm just, I can't be happier about it. Honestly, I can't believe OG took 27 shots against the Knicks. When have we ever seen that? Like, it is fantastic that the media, the general media is talking about OG Ananobi as a player. Obviously, Barnes has been amazing. But Matt, I want to talk about Svim Hailuk really quickly. He has had two back-to-back 15-point games, has started in Barnes' absence. He's shooting like 46% from three. Honestly, fantastic addition, and I'm pretty sure he is also that like six seven size. So you know, we got our token white boy to fit in with the rest of them. <laughs> he is six seven, two hundred and five pounds, and he's had sixteen, fifteen, fifteen games just to kind of add to that because he's been scoring the ball really well. Um, he's been fifty percent from three in the last three games. Um, if you want to actually go back. He's actually been over 50% for the last six games. Um, He's really turning it on. His defense has been a revelation. I didn't think he was that athletic and that good, man. He has been eye-opening to me. What a great pickup. What a great signing. I'm I'm a big Svi guy now. Huge. Man, the defense, though. We have, like, a contagious thing going on. I think it starts 
with Scotty Barnes and just the personality that he has. Nurse has mentioned it multiple times that Scotty loves to play D and it's kind of rubbing off on some of these other guys. I can't believe the effort that I've seen out of Gary Trent. Like we are deflecting balls at a higher rate than I'm pretty sure any other team in the NBA. Like Absolutely, it is we are. so fun so fun to watch our defense and when we have those moments Matt where everything clicks and our offense goes off we go on swings we go on swings and we win games on those swings and then our defense suffocates it through the finishes right like it's been so fun to watch absolutely and I think you're right I mean we've got Fred Van Vliet, who should have been on an all-NBA defensive team last year, 100%. You've got OJ yep. Anobi, who also should have been on one. Um, so you've got those two guys who are our lead players right now with Siakam out, who love defense. Then you add in Scotty Barnes, who you mentioned loves defense. And a guy like Gary Trent, who has had multiple steals in all but two games so far this season. He's had... To start the season, he had three, then he had four, one, zero, five, two, two, four, three. Like, he, I can't believe how good Gary Trent's defense has been. Um, I knew he was a good defender, but not this good. It's just suffocating out there to play the Raptors. It's why we're a top three defensive rated team in the NBA right now. If we could figure out our half court, which I think Siakam might help. Or if we can mm-hmm. trade Siakam for like a half court guard, because no offense to Fetty to Freddie, he gets blocked more than than any other player on this team. I think he has at least one blocked shot a game um, for his average, at least. Um, oh, yeah. And so maybe if we could get like a guard that could help us out in the half court, you know, like I don't know who's out there. Maybe like a Colin Sexton. I, I don't know, like. It, it could be good, man. Our team could be really, really good. And and honestly, Matt, I don't feel right without talking a little bit more about Nick Nurse. Because this week especially, I think he absolutely outcoached every single opponent that we faced. It is crazy some of the things that I see. And it also is the defense from him. You know, we've talked about it before. If you don't play defense, you don't get to play for the Nick Nurse, you know, offense. It's as simple as that. And he has been doing fantastic things. And I need the lead to remember that this guy was a rookie coach of the year for a reason. And that chess match that they, he played against Boston, where we almost pulled it out, like, I love Nick Nurse as our coach, Matt. And I love that he can bring about so much potential out of the different rotations and the options that we have. Because you mentioned when Siakam comes back, like, who knows what our rotations can turn into? Who knows what he might gel with Cam, with Precious? Like, the potential is is limitless, and I think that's why we're having oh so much fun. Love that you brought up Nick Nurse, man. I absolutely love it. He is 100% one of the brightest young coaches in the NBA. He won a title, yes, with Kawhi Leonard, but he got that team the next year to be the second best record in the NBA, to, to fight in the playoffs. And the defensive schemes... He lives on the edge. We switch so much and we play like with just out of care of who's guarding who. Like I've seen Freddie guard centers so often this season, but it leads to so many steals, so many tip balls. Um, We are leading the NBA in tip balls. I think last game they were showing it and we're four per game better than the Philadelphia 76ers who I think had like 18 and we were at like 22 a game. Wow. So 
yeah, it's it's a, not a small little gap there between us and the next best team. His defensive schemes have been wild, and he's got the personnel to do it. I love, love, love this team. I, I, I man, I'm just eight games in or nine games in. I could see us winning a playoff round or two with this roster, and that is absolutely amazing. It's it just is a testament, right, to watching the the boys grow up and get to the point where you feel comfortable knowing that they could kind of face any rotation because they're not worried about this guy or that guy because you know Barnes can come help Scotty can, like and there's there's so many options like I'm gonna lose myself thinking about how many different ways that we can play and you know again Nurse has found the core groups right these three players work well together these two players work well together and it's just so scary and. We could talk about it forever, Matt. Like, I love this Raptors team. Dude, and you know that Tampa Bay experience, while it was not a yeah. fun experience for us to, to participate in, and it was 72 road games for the entire year, it prepared the boys, man. They're 4-0 on the road right now this year, which yeah. is the first time that's ever happened in Raptors history. It's because we we don't care. We we spent a whole season on the road. We know how to play on the road now. Well, that's just... it. And they've got a fire. They've got a fire under them after that season too, right? Like the boys want to come back and be like, Hey, we are a relevant team in the NBA. We have been dominating for years. Like we had one bad season for all of these factors. Like, don't forget about us. Exactly. For extenuating circumstances, one year in like a nine year stretch where we've been a mediocre, poor NBA team. Normally we've been in the playoffs, a top five seed, top four seed almost every single year for the past six like seven eight years um we're gonna do it again i i could see us getting home court advantage i texted you the other day um, and you called me wild but dude i i might be wild but this defense could get us there i mean hey at the end of the day i ain't gonna be sad and i also believe that we can do it but they gotta keep trucking so it's gonna be a fun week ahead i'm excited for the raptors I think we have four games this week, Matt. Uh, am I correct in saying that? Or maybe we only have... Oh, yeah, no, we only have three games this week. In the Cavaliers, the Nets, and the Celtics. Yeah, exactly, because we're playing the 76 on Thursday. So, honestly, I think this is our toughest week so far coming up. Because the Cavs look fantastic. You can't sleep on the Nets. And the Celtics, you know, they are hoping that their player-led conversations and stuff is going to be in that direction. So, you know, four games from now, they might be a better team than they are today. So tough week ahead for the boys. Dude, they're they're beating the heat right now. So they got to figure it out. They've got two young superstars. Um, you know, Marcus Smart called them out. I don't know how great that is for the locker room. But hey, yeah, you're totally right. Um, you know, three tough teams this week. Uh, two and one split would be great. Three and oh would be even better. Uh, I don't want to predict that, though. Do you want to go into some mystic predictions? You got anything for me this week? I mean, I'm pretty happy with basketball. I'm going to pull a hot take that is crazy. So right now, in about five minutes, the Jets and the Colts are going to play. And the Jets are going to get a W, my man. I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on in my brain. But I think it would be fun to see the Jets 3-5 and five this time next week. Hey, man. Gabe's starting right now as we speak. So we'll, we'll know by the end of the night. Um, I'm going to double down from last week, man. Uh, Montreal, I think they've got what? Um, they've got two, three games this week before our next podcast. Oh, and three, man. 
They're going to lose to the Islanders. They're already down 2 nothing. They're going to lose to the Golden Knights, and they're going to lose to the Kings. Uh, just mark it in your book. I mean, I, I can't see a reason why they would win any of those games unless crazy things happen. So you're probably right, my dude. I'm so sorry. It's okay, man. I'm already packeted in on the season, so. <laughs> <sighs> it is what it is. All right, anything else, my friend? Nah, man, I think that's good. I think you're good to wrap us up. Perfect. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Check out more at theboardsports.net. Follow, like, subscribe, do what you got to do. Check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.